Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. It is Wednesday, March the 23rd, 2022, and we are here to break down the DFS NBA slate for today. It is an aggressive 11-game slate, a lot of great plays, <clears throat> a lot of uh, interesting news, guys in, guys out, and we are going to go over all of that for you here Real quickly, want to thank our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. If you're looking for somewhere to play the Sweet 16 in the NCAA or baseball coming up or the NBA, go to betus.com.pa. Sign up by using the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space. And if you deposit uh, up to, or I'm sorry, at least 149 with your first deposit at BetUS, you receive two free months of DFS Coach Talk. That's $150 value, uh, scot-free. And when you join Coach Talk, you get everything that we have, not only our NBA, but our golf, our bat, uh, our baseball, and then, of course, our prize picks, which have been absolutely on fire lately. So uh, sign up there, and once you uh, put that into BetUS, then you get the free time here at Coach Talk. So big shout out there uh, to betus.com.pa. All right, we are going to not mess around today because we have a lot to cover. So right off the bat, we've got three seven o'clock games. First one is the Atlanta Hawks and the Detroit Pistons. Atlanta is favored by five. It's a 227 and a half total. Um, Atlanta comes into this game 30, oh, let me give you the implied. Atlanta's 116.25 implied and Detroit 111.25. So solid numbers there. Atlanta comes in 536 and 36. The Pistons 19 and 53. The guys that are questionable for Atlanta, Skyler Mays and Lou Williams. John Collins remains out. And then for Detroit, it's a probable tag on Isaiah Livers, who is in the rotation now. The guys that are out are Diallo, Jackson, and Smith. So coming into this game, uh, it is the second night of a back-to-back -back for Atlanta. They had a good win last night. They had a travel, go to Detroit. So it's going to be a little bit uh, tougher on some of these guys in this rotation. Um, you know, they played in New York, big stage, huge games for both Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich. So we'll see how they can bounce back here. Um, Pace-wise, pretty average. Atlanta's 19th, Detroit 15th. Defenses are bad, though, so that's what makes this total pretty uh, juicy. And uh, having some DFS guys to uh, put in your lineup from this game becomes important because Atlanta is 26th and Detroit 24th in defensive efficiency. So the question is, can you go right back to Trey after that huge performance last night? I mean, there's so many buy-up options. He was my smash spot. He and Joker uh, led us to some wins here big time uh, yesterday. I'm not sure, though. I mean, I know he's hot, uh, but, you know, 10 fours a big ask in a, a second night of a back-to-back -back on the road, but still not out of question because it is this poor Detroit defense. Um, Kevin Herter, 5'8", is a good price. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter at 5'3". Danilo Gallinari's been playing a ton of minutes since Collins went down. He's 5'2", and then you always have that option 
of Capella at 6.5, but he's in a bit of a timeshare now with Okongwu. And then, of course, Bogdanovich off the bench at 6.8. So there are some options here if you want to go uh, you know, on the cheap uh, or if you're going to buy up to a young, it is a possibility in this Pistons game. For the Pistons, you know, you get a a different look here. You've got a a pretty expensive Kate Cunningham, who's playing very well at 8-7. He's super tempting. Sadiq Bey has been known to throw some monster games down recently, uh, but also can lay an egg too. So a little bit of concern there, but he's been better uh, the second half of the season. He's 7-4. Jeremy Grant, sort of the same thing at 7-3. So guys, you can consider but aren't dirt cheap. Uh, Isaiah Stewart at 5-2, Bagley at 6-3, also getting solid run um, in the lineup, uh, either starting or off the bench. So I don't know. You know, it's this game, it seems like you want to dive in when you look at the defenses, the decent pace, um, but I'm not sure I'm going to be overexposed to this game early because the pricing isn't that great. Um, Certainly, you know, the targets would be Young and Cunningham, Uh, But, you know, that's a big commitment on salary on a game where there are so many great plays. But we already have value and more value will open up. So I will have some exposure to this game. Just not sure if it's going to be mid-level or up in the big salary dude. So we'll see how that rolls. Second game, it's a 7 o'clock game, Knicks and Hornets. We know the Knicks were pretty much eliminated yesterday. They're way down, like six games out of the... The play-in spot, I think, uh, either they're officially eliminated or basically eliminated. So I don't know if it's going to affect the lineup for the Knicks at all. We have to watch that closely. Tibbs is not one to, you know, throw in the towel and go with just bench guys, but uh, they are pretty much hopelessly out of it. And they, they again, are on a second night of a back-to-back. After playing Atlanta last night, uh, they had to travel to Charlotte. So no cup of tea for them. Um, All right, let's look at the spread here. Charlotte by seven and a half. Don't be surprised if the Knicks don't lay an egg here, though. Um, And it is a 225 total, 108.75 for the Knicks, 116.25 for the Hornets. And to me, it looks like the Knicks have pretty much quit on Tibbs. I think that's been the, the MO with Tibbs. He comes in motivates guys, lets them see some winning, just, you know, plays them ridiculous minutes. They wear out and they get tired of him barking in their ear. And then he finds his way out the door. So unfortunately that's sort of been the theme with some of these old school coaches like Tibbs. And I think exactly the same thing has happened here. So I'm concerned the Hornets get control of this game and it definitely is not uh, the best uh, best situation, in my opinion. So uh, with caution. Uh, coming into this game, again, the Knicks are 30 and 42, Charlotte 37 and, and 35. Julius Randle's doubtful. Can't imagine he plays. I have him out. Noel and Rose out. And Gordon Hayward remains out for Charlotte. Charlotte's still wanting to win. They're in that uh, playing uh, deal and fighting for a spot in the East. And they do play much better at home. Um, and it is an island game for them. Pace in this game, Knicks, we know, play slow at 23. They'll play a little bit faster probably without Randall in there. Charlotte is seventh, so it is a decent pace up for the Knicks. Um, defensively, Knicks are 10th, 
Charlotte 22nd. So, you know, can't take a whole lot from that. Um, Looking at this game, though, you've got a a couple of things. You know, you've got, again, that factor of the Knicks. Are they going to play everybody? Can they go with some younger guys? I'm going to watch the news very, very closely here because you could have a few surprise guys like a Jericho Sims, a Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly. They could go with those three a lot more. I'm not saying we're going to, you know, roster them up on our cash games on an 11-game slate, but just something to be aware of in this game and going forward that, you know, will some of these guys chip into the minutes? All, obviously, the best play on the Knicks side is R.J. Barrett. He's performed great lately, but here's the problem. I think Barrett is going to absorb Miles Bridges' defense, which I greatly respect. So even though Barrett seems like a, a punch-and-play uh, play at 7-9, he was uh, really good again last night. I'm not convinced that that's not a bit of a trap because of I think this game can get out of hand and he has to face tough defense. Uh, you know, the other spots you can go, I don't trust the backcourt, Burks and Fournier, uh, but Obi Toppin at 3-4, he's, you know, looking as though he could have some really solid games. And at that cheap price, starting and getting starters minutes, he's a really good value play and should get a little extended run, even if the game gets out of control. On the Hornets side, it's just how much do you trust the, the full load of minutes for the Hornets here? Again, Vegas only has it seven and a half. So if you follow that, I mean, it puts all of these guys into play, but the price is tough. LaMelo's 8-9, Rogier 8-1, and Miles Bridges 7-9. So, you know, that's a concern. They've got this big three now all of a sudden, and it's not like the other guys don't chip in. PJ at 5-1, Plumlee at 4-9, Harrell off the bench at 4-4, and they even have Oubre and Martin. So, Really, it's gotten to the point now that the Hornets are healthy and they're priced up, and that's a bit of a concern for me. Uh, I am not going to go double expensive guys with Charlotte by any stretch here. I'm trying to decide specifically between Ball and Bridges uh, for my pay-up guy uh, on the Hornets' side, but still working on that one. I think that game is going to be liked by a lot of people, but definitely not a slam-dunk game. All right, the third 7 o'clock game is the Sacramento Kings-Indiana Pacers. Indiana favored by six. It's a 235 total, 114.5 implied for Sacramento, 120.5 for the Indiana Pacers. Sacramento comes in 25 and 48, Indiana 25 and 47. We have a doubtful tag on De'Aaron Fox. I'm not counting him in in my initial projections. We know Davis and Demonis Sabonis are out. So without Fox and Sabonis, very uh, challenging. Uh, For Indiana, you have a questionable tag on Halliburton and Isaiah Jackson. Those are two starters, so we need that news. And then their number, the the backup that would probably start is Duarte, and he's questionable. We know McConnell and Turner are out. So we need this news. We'll have it before lock. Luckily, it's one of the first games. And that news makes a big difference because – This is going to be the value game that people go to. Uh, Neither one of these teams are playing well. Neither one is playing good defense. You've got two decent paces, fifth for Sacramento, 13 for Indiana, two horrible defenses, 
28th for uh, Sacramento, 27th for Indiana. So I believe this will be the stack game of the day for me. Uh, it's not the highest total. There's two games, two or three games higher, actually four games higher, but I just like, um, no, I take that back. Let me, let me do my math and my brain again here. So there's only one game, two games higher, the Brooklyn Memphis game and the Suns T Wolves game. So it's the third highest total, but here's the, re here's my reasoning here. Bad defense, uh, fast pace, nothing to play for, key usage players out. That's like the biggest differentiator right now at this, the rest of this NBA season. And if you take anything from this podcast today, this is the most important uh, part. Teams are going to start resting players, trying to get more ping pong balls, guys that have been hurt. You know, you're going to see a ton of that, either teams that are out of it or teams that want to get guys healthy for the playoff run. So that is what you have to follow here because when a team like Sacramento sits Fox and Sabonis, it immediately creates like two of your best play value plays of the day from that team. So you, that's all you'll be hearing me talk about probably for this last stretch of games, which is only, you know, teams only have 11 or 12 games left in the regular season. So that's something we'll talk about every day. So what it does for Sacramento right off the bat, it makes Davion Mitchell at 5'2", a great play. Harrison Barnes is only 5'5", Trey Lyles 5'5", and Damian Jones 3'7". You also have a 5K flat Dante DiVincenzo and 3'4", uh, Shemezi Metu, both guys getting big minutes off the bench. So really there's... Other than Justin Holiday, who I'm not crazy about, that's you know six guys that I think are very playable in any scenario here. Um, I think Mitchell will be the most popular at five two, but I really lean more towards the the Barnes, Lyles, Jones, DiVincenzo group. I think those guys have the most chops to get a bunch of shots up get some other peripherals. So I'll have at least two Sacramento value plays uh, that are going to make my payups very possible here. And I think you're going to see some teams with three or even four Sacramento players, which is risky. Uh, I'm not, I don't stack that heavily uh, in basketball, but I can understand why you would, because it does give you a path to all the big boys. So key game here. And also on the Indiana side, you know, this the spread right now is Indiana by six. By the way, I would take Indiana minus six here, flat out. Um, but Malcolm Brogdon at seven, eight, great play. Halliburton's questionable. If he sits, I really love Brogdon. Halliburton's a little pricey at nine, two, and not 100% healthy. So he's not going to be uh, in there for me. But then you've got Heald at seven, seven, Brissett at five, five, and Isaiah Jackson, if he plays at five, eight, that's another questionable tag. So we need to know what the scenario is there. Because, for example, if Halbert and Jackson sit, my favorite play is going to be Jalen Smith. I know he's priced high, 6'2", coming off the bench, but he's really been fantastic for Indiana uh, coming in off the bench. Uh, Goga Bataze, 5K, I would prefer Smith personally. And then Duarte, the other questionable tag. So we need the news on Indiana. We're going to get it. Um, <clears throat> once all the news settles, I would think – Almost half of my build on an 11-game slate is going to come out of the Sacramento-Indiana game because it is, a, is going to allow me 
to get to the other big pay up guys that I'm I'm playing on down the road here. So put a circle around this game and uh, and let's build from there. All right, we go on to uh, a couple of 7:30 games. In fact, there's three of them. Uh, the first one is Brooklyn and Memphis. Ton of people will be focusing on this game. Maybe one of the more popular games as well. Memphis, first night of a back-to-back for them. Uh, Brooklyn's a road favorite by one and a half. How about how disrespectful is that? Memphis is one of the best teams in the West, and they have to face the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and Brooklyn, who has barely hanging on to a play-in spot in the East, is a road favorite. But there are reasons why. Um, we have uh, implied total for Brooklyn, 119 and a half, 118 for Memphis. Um, records here, Brooklyn 38 and 34, Memphis 49 and 23. But the big, you know, big news, obviously, and the reason why the spread is what it is, no John Morant, he sits, and Killian Tilly sits. We have two questionable tags for Brooklyn, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, important news there. And it looks like Drogic is going to sit. He's doubtful. I've got him counted out for sure. Aldridge also out and Ben Simmons out. So this game really is interesting. It takes on a whole different look. You've got the 12th uh, fastest team in Brooklyn. And Memphis now is the fastest team in the league. They have taken over for Houston. Um, Defense-wise, you've got 17th for Brooklyn. Sixth for Memphis. So, yeah, that the Memphis D is a little stingy there, but you've got these spectacular scores uh, from Brooklyn. So you're going to have Irving and Durant in this game. That's why they're the favorites. But we don't know about Curry and Drummond, so that makes a big difference. I'm definitely going to pay up for probably Kevin Durant, but possibly Kyrie Irving. They're both playing fantastic. I really like them in this spot. I think Memphis keeps the game close enough throughout. I wish I had the courage to play both of them, but uh, more than likely uh, just going to go with one of them. Also, you can get a secondary player from Brooklyn if some of these guys are ruled out because you're going to be some forced bigger minutes for somebody here, a Bruce Brown, a Nick Claxton. Uh, There's different ways you can go. So uh, a pay up and a cheap guy for Brooklyn would be, I think, a, a logical way to go. Then you've got the aspect of no jaw. So every time I think jaw has sat, I've immediately plugged in Tyus Jones. And I'm not against it today either. He's only 4'6". I think he's made value every time but one when he's started. <clears throat> and his price isn't really high enough. So I think Tyus is an absolutely fine play here. Uh, your other guys you're going to have to pay a bit for. They all make sense. Bain, 6'9", Brooks, 5'6", Jackson, 6'7", Adams, 5'8". And then, you know, you get a lot more of DeAnthony Melton at 4'8", um, when Jaw sits. So I, I like the group of guys, but I'm just not wanting to spend mid-level or close to mid-level. I think <clears throat> I'm more comfortable with just Tyus there and then moving on. All right, the next 7.30 game is the Utah Jazz and Boston Celtics. Boston's favored by five. It's only 217 total, 106 for Utah, 111 for Boston. Um, 
is coming into this game. We've got Utah is uh, sitting at <clears throat> 45 and 27, Boston 45 and 28. So almost identical records. Three guys out for Utah that we know already. Azabuki, Bogdanovich, and House. For Boston, you've got probable tags on Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. So Boston is at 100%. That is not good news for the Utah Jazz. Utah 21st in pace, Boston 25th. That's why you have one of the reasons why you have such a low total. Utah 8th in the league. <clears throat> Defensively, Boston 1st. So not going to waste a bunch of time here. Uh, all the Boston guys cost a fortune, in my opinion. Um, and the Utah guys, Mitchell's up to 9-1 now. You know what? Let's just X this game right off the charts. I don't see why you want to stretch it and try to get a guy in here <clears throat> where you've got deep benches, low scores, and good defense. So no Jazz Celtics exposure for me today. Seven, next 7.30 game is Golden State at Miami. That should be an interesting game, but the question is who plays and who sits. It's Miami minus seven, and would you believe it's only a 2.11 total? Golden State 102, Miami 109. Um, you've got Golden State on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. They lost last night, and they look like garbage. And if you saw the, the uh, post-game show, uh, Draymond was really – uh, getting on his team, saying they're soft, they're playing stupid. So will that, you know, get them fired up going into this game? I think a lot of it is, you know, no Steph Curry. That doesn't help matters at all. So this should be an interesting game to watch, but I don't think it's going to have much teeth in the DFS world. Golden State's 47 and 25, and guess what? Miami's 47 and 25. You've got Curry, Iguodala, and Weissman out for Golden State, and then Scratch your head on this one. Questionable tags. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Mr. Caleb Martin, and Victor Oladipo. So that makes it very, very tough to figure. Gabe Vincent is out, by the way. So, you know, Miami 28th in pace. Uh, that doesn't help things very much. Golden State, you know, plays uh, a little bit faster, but not much. And then two great defenses here. So how do you get away from two terrific defenses in uh, a low total like this when you have guys that aren't cheap either? Butler's 8-3, which is fair. Bam's all the way down to 7-9, fair. Um, Jordan Poole, 7-6, I guess fair, considering he's their main shooter. Just, man, this, this game is similar to Utah-Boston for me. I don't really want to stretch out on any of these guys when it's going to be a defensive type battle. Uh, you can make, you know, definite cases for some of them, but just not my, my cup of tea here. I don't see why you want to force it. Uh, Lowry's cheap at six, four. I get that for him, you know, his ability, but he's even been lower. Draymond at six, five, you know, he probably will back it up after talking all that smack at the end of the game about his squad. So it makes me want to click the button for Draymond, but we know it's 6-5. That's no slam dunk either. So more than likely not going to have, uh, you know, a lot of exposure here either, if any at all. So, you know, tread lightly in that one. Uh, certainly there's probably a one-off that can help you, but I'm not really willing to risk it with all these other great plays on the board. All right, we go to the 8 o'clock set of games. There's two of them.
Phoenix Suns, Minnesota Timberwolves. We've got, uh, let's see here, Phoenix, Minnesota. There we are. We've got, um, uh, just double checking. We've got Phoenix favored by one, a 237 total, 119 implied for Phoenix, 118 for Minnesota. So we have the first game with two games, uh, teams over that 115 mark. Uh, of the implied, which has been a key to our success this year, is focusing on those games. Um, coming into this game, Phoenix is 58 and 14, Minnesota 42 and 31. So two teams playing very, very well. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, also, here we've got uh, injury wise, no Cam Johnson, Kaminsky, Lundberg, Chris Paul, obviously, and Sarich. For Minnesota, a probable tag on Carl Anthony Towns, so we're counting him in. We do know that Jaden McDaniels uh, is out, however. Um, in this game, you know, a couple of things I want to, to mention right off the bat is, you know, you've got two teams that can score it. That's for sure. We know Phoenix can defend, but I think this game is going to, you're going to see a decent pace and you have some explosive players here. And they're fairly priced. Um, Russell and Edwards' prices are 7-2 and 7-5. You can certainly go to one of those two spots. Beverly's been playing decently for 4-8. And then Vanderbilt, you know, with McDaniels out, gets a little extra run at 4-7. And Cat is up to 10K. The problem is Minnesota's been using their bench effectively. Torian Prince has gotten a ton of minutes recently, and he's 4-1. And then you get a little Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed. So the, the point being is Minnesota's pretty deep right now, and they're playing guys, and they are they have confidence in their bench. They've even finished some games with that bench. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. I usually go Russell or Edwards if one of them, one of them is out. I don't particularly like Cat at that 10K price against a tough Phoenix defense. So a little tentative there, still possibility of a Russell, but not uh, jumping out of my seat for the T-Wolves side. Phoenix, though, is a little bit more interesting to me. I think you've got Devin Booker at 9-3. He's probably going to get a little harassment from Pat Bev. Um, but Cameron Payne at 6-9, you know, he's another guy that has taken control of the reins here. So I would like either Payne or Booker. I'm going to uh, look at a bunch of uh, coach speak and see what the matchups are because I would prefer to take uh, either Payne or Booker, whoever Beverly's not guarding. And right now I think Pat Bev's going to go uh, on Booker. So I'm leaning towards uh, campaign and it does save uh, 2.4 K if I go that direction. Uh, the other sneaky plays here, uh, Mikhail Bridges at six, two, which isn't super cheap, but he's played well lately. DeAndre Ayton at 7-3. We know Cat is not the best defender, um, and you know the price for Ayton there is fair, but he is getting a lot of backup uh, you know, from McGee, and he does have a tendency to get in foul trouble, and we know Cat takes a lot of shots, so I'm not super comfortable with it. So this game being 237 is going to get a lot more play than you would expect. The thing is, though, like we talked about earlier, you've got two teams with some confidence in their bench spreading the usage around. So it doesn't make make it for any type of a stack game by any stretch. Maybe a one-off Payne-Edwards kind of thing on each side. Um, 
and that would be about it. All right. The other 8 o'clock game, Orlando Magic, Oklahoma City Thunder. Orlando's favored by two. It's a 220 total. You've got um, Orlando coming in at 20 and 53, OKC at 20 and 52. What a what a garbage game. These two teams are awful. They last time they played, it was low scoring. You know, neither team really getting after it anymore. Ping pong ball game again, half a game separates them. So, you know. Is it low scoring again? Do they use their benches? Do you have any confidence? I don't have any confidence here. That's for darn sure. You've got Orlando on the second night of a back-to-back. They are ninth in pace, Oklahoma City 16th. Defensively, nothing to write home, about 21 and 15 for these two teams. Wendell Carter's questionable. Gary Harris questionable. We know Fultz and Suggs sit, so it thins the backcourt of Orlando a bit. SGA, like always, questionable. No idea if he's going to play. They never let us know before lock either. So it, it really can you know mess up your, your build. But you do have three games after this one. So if you have a plan to do late swap and you want SGA in there, it's, it's very doable. Uh, Olivier Saar, also questionable. We know Favors, Giddy, JRE, and Kenrich Williams are all out. So, you know, what do we do with this game? God only knows, I'll tell you. Um, Cole Anthony at times can get it done, especially when Fultz doesn't play. He is up to 6'7 now, which is a little higher than, you know, he was floating in the fives for quite some time. RJ Hampton got there for me yesterday at 4'1". I do like him at a cheaper price for a last man in type of, type of play. Uh, if Carter doesn't play, it certainly elevates uh, Bomba at 5'6" and Wagner at 5'7", that's Franz Wagner. It also brings Mo Wagner into play at a cheap 4K, and Chuma Okiki uh, would probably start in his place at 4'2", and he's got some games. So let's get the news there on Carter. Could be uh, a couple nice value plays here for Orlando. For Oklahoma City, if Shea's in, you know, at 9'7", always an option. Uh, if he's out, Trey Mann's been the guy that's been going off lately, and he's a cheap 5-2. So he would be the only guy that I'd really look at here. I'm just, you know, Pokacheski's okay at 5-4, but the Wiggins, Baisley, Roby, Krejcik, Waters, Maladon, you know, and we don't know if Sar's in. No interest of any of those guys at all. So, um, you know, let's keep an eye on this game. There is a little value to be had, but certainly not a game that you want to uh, count on big time. All right, three games left in 8:30, and then we have two late night sweat games. The 8:30 game is the Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks. Dallas favored by 10. It's in Dallas. It's a 221 total, 105.5 for Houston, 115 and a half for Dallas Mavericks. Big news here: we know that Mr. Doncic is sitting along with Bertans, Hardaway, and Pinson. For Houston, my favorite two guys, my five seconds of life wasted each day, Garuba and Wall are out, believe it or not. So this game I like a lot. I like it because without Luka, instead of being the uh, 30th pace team, which you can't get slower than that, they are around 17th with Luka off the floor because that dominant handling the ball, all the dribbles, seeing the floor, they play a lot faster without him. Brunson runs the show. 
Uh, you'll see Dinwiddie in there. You'll get possibly some Trey Burke. And they push it. And so I think this game is going to be a faster pace game because you've already got Houston with a third fastest pace team. And then you've got the dead last Houston defense. That helps. And then uh, number seven defense, Dallas. Does this game blow out? It is a double-digit number, and Houston has been losing a lot of games. I don't think it particularly does with Luka out of there. He's just really arguably, I mean, with Giannis and the Joker, you know, I would say he's right there with those guys for dominant player on, on a team that just literally carries his team totally. So with him off the floor, I think it opens up this game. It makes for some great plays. I love Brunson at 6'7". Dinwiddie's in play at 6'4". I think those two guys are the first two you can look at. And then on the Houston side, I think, you know, Porter's in play at 6'3". I really like Jalen Green today at 5'8". And then uh, Christian Wood is 8'3". We know that he could really score the ball. Uh, and Dallas struggles a little bit with bigs, although he's not the type of big that, that Dallas uh, really struggles as much against. But he's coming off a career game, too. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. Jengun falls more into the type of center that gives Dallas trouble, bigger, stronger post-play kind of guys. He's only 5'5", but, you know, the question is how many minutes is he going to get? So definitely some interest here. Porter Green, uh, maybe Wood, Dinwiddie, Brunson. I think you're going to have this be a sneaky game. A lot of people are going to see the double-digit spread. They're going to see Dallas's pace, and they're going to steer away from this game. Whereas, again, with Luke off the floor, I think you're going to see a higher scoring game. I uh, really like the over that 221 number. Even without Luca, I think you'll see a lot more uh, people get into the scoring column and, and get it going. So definitely going to have some exposure here, and I think some sneaky low-owned exposure at that. All right, last two games, two 10 o'clockers, Philadelphia and the Lakers. That's a fun one. In L.A., Philadelphia by 7.5, 230.5 total, 119 implied for Philadelphia, 111.5 for the Lakers. No injuries as of right now for Philly. They already sat Embiid and Harden getting ready for this game in L.A., and uh, LeBron James listed a questionable, can't imagine he sits. He's always listed questionable, so we've got him in. THT is the questionable tag that we don't know. We have to follow that. We know Davis and Nunn are already out. So coming into this game, Philadelphia, the second slowest team in the league, 29th. LA 10th defensively Philly has slipped out of the top 10 surprisingly they're 11th Lakers are 18th so popular game national TV game everybody's gonna be fired up to see this one and see uh you know and, and watch it so you're gonna have some over ownership um and it's gonna be tough I mean I am gonna have funds here to to pay up with because of some of the earlier value that I mentioned but the question is where to use it. I mean, first of all, yes, LeBron James is the guy that I would go to right now. He's 11-6, um, and I think just the way he's dominating play with his team uh, at, at this moment is similar to those other big guys that I mentioned. So LeBron would be my number one call. Then the other side, if you want to run it back, I mean, you got Harden and Embiid. Harden at 9-9, Embiid at 11-K. So Tough call there because they're both great. I uh, don't know if I'm going to, you know, pull the trigger either direction. 
I will say, though, you know, I expect the Lakers to start Dwight Howard. So a lot of people will want to try to go to him as, as a, a value punt play at center. He's 3-6. I, I wouldn't be real confident about that, though. I know he's going to play Embiid tough. He knows him well from when he played there uh, and backed him up. It should make for an interesting game. I do think he can give Embiid a little bit of trouble, but, you know, you can't control Embiid. He's, he has just been an, an unsinkable force. And in, like I said, the last game, I mean, he's trying to get that MVP aggressively, and there's no other way to cement the MVP than to, you know, hammer it at the Lakers and LeBron James. So if push comes to shove, I would favor Embiid over Harden barely. I do think Harden is a great play, though. Um, don't know if I want to roll all the dice and go LeBron versus Embiid here, but it's very, very tempting, and I think I'm going to have the salary to do it. And uh, even though I try to steer from these overown national TV games, this one makes a lot of sense. So I've got to really put the pedal to the metal and make some decisions on that late game, but I can see that happening for sure. <clears throat> and the last game, game number 11, almost made it. It's the San Antonio Spurs, Portland Trailblazers. San Antonio by nine and a half, 231 in total, 120.25 for Spurs, 110.75 for the Portland Trailblazers. Spurs 28 and 44, Trailblazers 27 and 44. So you've got Quite a bit of a difference here in this game. San Antonio um, has Kata Bates' job probable. No Langford, McDermott, or Walker. For Portland, Greg Brown, probable. No Bledsoe, Hart, Luzada, Nurkic, or Simons. So basically their second team and G League players. San Antonio fourth in the league in pace. Portland 18th. Terrible defenses here. San Antonio 23. Portland 29. So a popular pay up tonight could be DeJounte Murray. I mean, you can fit him in there. He's 10-3, which is better than he has been. Um, and he's very, very tempting here. I am, you know, if I only go with one of the pay ups in the Philly LA game, the other spot I would go is to DeJounte. I think great spot against this Portland team. Spurs are favored by nine and a half. That seems a, a quite a bit though, but uh, I think this this is a game where he, you know, 60 as a floor, in my opinion, 6X on that 10-3 uh, number pretty much. So it's going to be hard for me to get away from him. He's definitely my favorite play in this game. After that, you just got a lot of, you know, ifs, ands, and buts. And I'm not even going to waste your time going over all of them because they have about eight guys they're playing. None of them are any good, in my opinion. I know a few of them will pop up and have a decent game. And if they are going to have a decent game, it'd be against Portland. But if you trust Pop to play any of these guys other than Murray over 35 minutes, good luck, you know, with that. Yeah, Primo does have a little ability at 3-5, but too much depth, too many guys in the rotation for me. For Portland, Brandon Williams a little overpriced at 6-8, especially now that Chris Dunn has stole his thunder. Uh, you know, Chris Dunn's only 4-2. He's been getting it done. And I think he's starting to get a majority of the minutes there. I would lean to him as a nice value play. You also have Justice Winslow. He's 5'9", so not as cheap. 
but we know that he can get stats in all all the categories. So he's a decent option. Drew Eubanks at 6K, not bad. Uh, Spurs have been getting smoked at center, and Eubanks has been getting the majority of those minutes. But if Greg Brown comes back, that could cut into a little bit of a rotation uh, time for Eubanks. So um, possibly a Winslow or value on Portland. DeJounte Murray looking at as one of the targets for me uh, at this point. So that is it, my friends. 11 games, a lot of fantastic plays, a lot of value, and uh, some good pay-up options. It is going to be a fun slate, all kinds of different strategies you can use to build today, and uh, looking forward to for some winners uh, for sure. If you want to join us, dfscoachtalk.com, we would love to have you. Uh, we have winning at an 80% clip right now, no, no joke, on prize picks. So on prize picks, come check us out. We'll share all of our choices and uh, plays in Discord. Uh, if you want to sign up for prize picks and you haven't, it's prizepicks.com. Uh, use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, and you get up to 100% match on that first $100. Um, love to have you join us though. Three day pass, only 10 bucks, all this action going on. Uh, we have golf and basketball, a lot of preseason baseball crash has been crushing the, the, uh, preseason slates even. So, uh, we've got it all going here. Um, also some great, uh, values. We have an, an MLB season pass that we're giving away. That is a huge value. Uh, just check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, all you have to do is at another DFS player or friend, follow those. Uh, it's pinned, uh, it's a pinned tweet on, at DFS Coach Talk. If you want to check me out directly, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, hit the thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Those things mean a ton to us. We bring this pod to you free seven days a week. We want to keep it that way, so hit that thumbs up, hit that like button. We really appreciate it. All right, that is it. Have a phenomenal hump day here Wednesday. Great slate in the NBA, and we certainly will be back again tomorrow when we'll be looking to crush it in NBA DFS.